Welcome to the Double Scoop Podcast. I'm Chris Wagner, your host. My guests today are Anais Ramirez and Salvador Barajas Alvarez from Savior Studios. Anais is a recent UNR graduate with a degree in art history. Sal is a student at TMCC. They both grew up in Mexican families in Reno, and they have very different stories about how art became part of their lives. Anais and Sal are a couple, and they're also artistic collaborators. Savior Studios started out as a clothing brand and evolved into a platform for their own writing, artwork, and curating efforts. Hey guys, welcome to K-Wink. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks you for having us. <laughs> Can you each take a turn to just tell me a little bit about your background, like both as a person and as, as an artist? Alrighty, my name is Sal, and I was born and raised here in Reno, Nevada. This is the only place I've ever lived and the only place I really know and call home. I graduate next semester with a degree in graphic communications, aka graphic design. I make up half of uh, Savior Studios. The, I have been running the brand for about three to four years now, and I've always wanted to do this. I have done this a couple times when I was younger. Unfortunately, none of them were successful. This is the most success I've had with running a brand and you know creating something. And how about you, Anise? Where are you from, and what are you up to? Yeah, hi, I'm Anais Ramirez. I grew up same same as Sal. We both grew up, you know, in the New Road area. When I was older, a little bit, my parents bought a house out instead, so I grew up out there. I just finished my degree in art history from UNR. My Congratulations. Minors. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I now, it's like all the weight is off my shoulders from, you know, having three million things to do at once, and it's finally like I finally get to take a break, but at the same time, I'm ready for whatever's to come. How did you two start working together? So we did meet at the Holland Project like almost six years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, we've been together ever since. Sal was running a different brand at the time when he was when we met at the Holland. And uh, that just didn't work out. And that's okay. And then he probably started Savior Studios. What was it? I think it was I think it's almost been five years, actually, not three or four. It's been a while. Like she said, unfortunately, the previous brand didn't work out. We met at the Holland Project. And she just kind of inspired me because at the time I didn't want to do that anymore. I was just tired of it. I was down and I was like, this is just not going to work out. So I was like, you know what? Let me help other brands grow. And then I started helping a couple people out and then I just didn't see myself doing that forever. And I was like, you know what? Like I still have that little itch that I want to create for myself. And I was doing it for about a couple years and then all by myself nobody else and she was just my cheerleader she was always in my corner she would help me out with small stuff and then one day it just hit me and I was like you know what like what am I doing I have like the most valuable player on my team and she's like right next to me and she's like a wonderful partner but she's also a wonderful like teammate and she helps me out with a lot and now we both took on the brand as a couple and she runs more of like the blog. She runs, she does like my coding for the website. I do a lot of the design work. We screen print together. We do a lot of stuff together. But yeah, she's been a really, really important piece to this whole thing. Isn't that so amazing when you meet somebody you can really collaborate with and get done more than you can get done on your own? Yeah, completely. I always think about like Christo and Jean-Claude, you know, yeah. I think of the amazing stuff they create. And I just, it always inspires me to see creative people that work together and they find that work life relationship balance you know and but it just I feel so lucky to have a partner that you know supports me and I support him endlessly and you know being able to do it together is 
I love it. That's awesome. Tell us more about Savior Studios and the, and the brands you were working on that kind of turned into stuff, Savior Studios. When we first started, it was very streetwear focused. Um, that's where we, my whole creative like career started off with graffiti when I was, I think, freshman year of high school, and that's where I started just like soaking up all this like everything I would see like from. It all started with like Supreme and you would see these hats and I was like, where can I get one? Where can I get one? And then I started just soaking up all this like artwork that I was seeing. And that's what my main focus was like, I want to be the next Supreme. I want to do stuff like that. Stuzy, like that's what I want to do. And now I feel like within the last year or so, I kind of moved away from that. I just feel like sometimes it's who who's the who's the coolest guy what who's the next cool guy and i don't like that i don't want to be the next cool guy i want to create something that like what I, we did this weekend i want that to happen again i want to give people an experience i want some something more than just a t-shirt so lately we have been focusing on curating shows working on the blog and just doing work like that to where we can give people an experience other than just a t-shirt. Yes, we will still design t-shirts and release stuff here and there, but I eventually want to own my own restaurant or my own cafe, something cool. And yeah, I just want to keep doing Savior Studios on the side and giving artists and our friends a platform to really shine. Like with this show, our main focus was to show people something that we want to see, you know, I feel like here, you know, being from Reno and being raised here, you don't see a lot of stuff. So, you know, you're always on Instagram and Twitter and you're like, oh, this just happened in L.A. These two brands collaborated. They're, they're throwing this event. And now I want to show that to Reno and I want kids to be influenced by this. Like I said, like I want to set a bar, but I want to set it so high and I want kids to pass that bar. I don't want kids to just be like, oh, remember when Savior Studios did this? I want people to be like, you know what? We want to do something like above that. I want to go above and beyond. Yeah. So I want to give those kids like they can do it. No one taught us like anything. We learned it all on ourselves, by ourselves, um, from screen printing to mounting artwork on walls to curating. We just taught ourselves everything, really. Let's talk about the show a little bit. You two have organized a show at the Holland Project, Bienvenidos a la Wells. And first, the title for anybody who knows Reno, they know why Wells Avenue is important. But would you explain for anybody who's listening from out of town or new to town, what does that mean, Wells Avenue? Yeah, so Wells Avenue is, it's a primarily Hispanic or Latina neighborhood. It was at least. Unfortunately, you know, there's been a lot of displacement that's taken place for all these people that have lived here. And you would come down to Wells growing up, you know, and you'd go to King's Ranch and you'd, you know, you'd get your despensa, your groceries, and you'd go down the street. You'd get your dresses for a quinceañera or a party or you'd get your wedding dress, you know, and there was all this stuff that's been here for so long. And now, unfortunately, you know, you see it, a little bit of that culture diminishing. So this show, you know, we decided to call it Bienvenidos a la Wells just because, This is what it has been for so long. And, you know, we just wanted to bring a little piece of that back and give this space back to the people who were here before. Yeah. And Wells is a few steps from Holland Project and a few steps from where we're sitting right now at K-Wink. So the the show itself, you are responding specifically to uh, the history of Chicanx art. 
So, okay, let's back up a little bit. How do you remember the moment when you sort of first noticed Chicanx art and like started understanding its vibe and, and like how, how did you first encounter it? Or was, has it always been a part of your life or did you discover it as a kid? For me, I've always been very fortunate to have family who has always shown me what art the world has to offer. I have uh, my mom's oldest sister, my tia Rosa. She, you know, she lives in Mexico City and she's a professor. And she's always, every time we've gone, you know, she's exposed me to that culture when I was younger. And when I turned 15 for my quinceañera, you know, my mom said, either you have a quinceañera or, or uh, you get to go on a trip. And because my aunt doesn't have any daughters, she took, she took all of us nieces on a trip to Europe. And so when I was 15, I got so lucky to explore some of, I mean, it was Eurocentric, of course, but I got to explore what's out there in the world and I got exposed and you know not every 15 year old that grows up in Reno gets to go to the Louvre and see these amazing crazy things or gets to go to Rome and see the Vatican and see all this stuff so I've always been exposed to that I just feel so lucky that I got exposed to that and I you know that piece of me has always been there you know and my parents have always shown me that you know be proud to be Mexican and I am you know it's so often underrepresented and for me this is something that I get to show this piece of me and show it to everyone and recognize those who maybe don't see that in themselves and they can be like, you know what, this is a sense of pride. And that's what the show was for me. Yeah. And Sal, how about you? What Do you remember your first encounters with Chicanx art or Latinx art? I didn't realize what it was till I had to reflect on it when I was older. So when I was younger, I grew up on Neal Road, right in front of Miguel Rivera, two-bedroom apartment with my parents. And the other bedroom was for my uncles that were immigrating to this country. I remember my uncles burning CDs and all this stuff. And then I remember like going to elementary school and just seeing how different kids were growing up. And not till I was in, I don't know, I was like in third grade. I remember my cousin, I walk into his room and he has a shirt pinned onto his wall and it's at Southside. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want to put a shirt on my wall. And he taught me how to make a, he draw a joker. And I would draw this joker everywhere, all my notebooks everywhere, till my mom caught me. Till my mom caught me and she was like, hey, what is this? What, what are you doing? And she's like, you better not be gangbanging. And I was like, no, mom. Like, I just learned. She's like, who taught you? I was like, oh, nobody, nobody. I taught myself. The joker was a gang symbol, but you didn't know that? So the one that I was drawing was, and the way I would draw him and little things I would put on him, my mom was just like, I no. And just growing up older, I was like, wow, like, I really, you know, like these things, I appreciate these things a lot more and they influence my style now and they influence the way from the way I dress to the way I talk to the way that we design for the brand. My dad actually bought a house and moved us out of the neighborhood when I was about eight years old. There wasn't many Mexican kids in my school, elementary school once we moved. But being who we are as people, and I would migrate towards the brown kids. And that's where I wanted to be with, with my friends because they understood my culture. They understood who we were. We could talk Spanish. And because with the other kids, I felt like an outsider. I felt like I honestly did not belong. So just chasing this culture, chasing my people has always been something that I didn't notice. But now that I'm older, I, I was like, wow, like now it all makes sense. Yeah. Did, did drawing stay part of that connection for you? Yes. And especially when I was introduced to graffiti, the world opened up for me because I learned so much from graffiti. And to this day, I'm so thankful that 
sorry if I drew on your wall or put a sticker where I shouldn't have or tagged an entire... Like, I remember once I tagged up a whole van. And my apologies, but I'm thankful for the things that I did, you know? Let's talk a little bit more about the show, Bienvenidos a Wells. It's at the Holland Project. Would you choose a highlight that really resonates with you and talk a little bit about it? The lowrider bikes, definitely. Shout out to Viejitos for being a part of it. But I remember like growing up and seeing kids up and down the street with their lowrider bikes. And to me, they were the most beautiful things. I could never have one because my parents would never let me have one. But seeing them now and having them showcased in a gallery space... It just like when we saw them and like the last 30 minutes that we were setting up, it gave me chills. Like I was like, wow, we are really putting on for our people. This past weekend you had you had an event and a reception. What was that like? I think the reception was amazing. I feel so lucky that so many people got to see it. It was so great to see so many people that I didn't even know come to the show and see that see their support and see how much they enjoyed it and see just all the work and all the hard work we've put into it pay off because when someone reads an exhibition statement or, you know, I saw them looking at the exhibition statement that we put out in Spanish and English. For me, you know, it's a lot about writing. My degree's in art history, so there's so, so much writing. And to see someone just take the time to read it, it means the world to me because then they really get to understand it, you know, on a different level. Sure, you, you know, you see art with your eyes, but you understand it through reading, I think. And it was just when people would ask me, you know, hey, I read the title and I read the exhibition statement, but what does this mean to you? I had a coworker of mine who asked me about one of the rat tails on the bike, and he's like, this wasn't in the, in the statement, so what does this mean, you know? And it was like, it blew my mind because someone actually took the time to read it, and they wanted to know more, which is so, it's just great. Oh, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about what made you want to do the show in the first place and what you were hoping to accomplish with it? It was something that I wanted to see. I feel like we see all these big events happen in other cities and big cities, you know, and I wanted to bring that to Reno. I wanted to experience, not only create that, but experience it myself. I wanted to see Chicon X artwork shown and appreciated. I can't explain how like magical it was. Like everything seriously just felt like Tetris, just everything fit together. Yeah, I'd say for me, it was along the same lines, you know, I took a class at UNR. It was the history of Mexican art. And it was, I mean, it was focused on Mexico City and Aztec culture, but it was a lot about the origin story of Mexico or the so-called origin story, you know, the eagle landing on the cactus and that whole history. And then we talked about La Virgen de Guadalupe at one point, And it was insane for me to I was one of the only Mexicans in the class. It was, you know, a class of maybe 20 people. And I think it was only me and another guy who were Hispanic. I was like, you know, they'd ask, they'd ask things about, you know, I grew up Catholic and they'd ask things when we did the, the section on La Virgen de Guadalupe. And I would just get these stares and people would be like, well, what does this mean to you? Because you actually believe in this, you know? And I was like, well, this is, <laughs> this felt, it felt so isolating, but at the same time, it just made me think about the way that I grew up from a different, from an academic perspective. And I was like, you know what? I'm more than this textbook, what this textbook says. And I'm more than this so-called perception of maybe this, this happening did happen. You know, like when Juan Diego 
when the Virgin appeared on Juan Diego's manta, you know, I'm more than that. I'm more than just a, an origin story. You know, I'm not, I'm more than something you read in a textbook. And for me, this show was about showing that this is real, you know, we're real people and we really believe in these things. And uh, that's really where it hit home for me. I mean, and when you think about the demographics of Reno, there are lots and lots of people here who are Mexican or of Mexican descent or who are Chicanx. And when I'm thinking about the the gallery world, you don't see a lot of Mexican art, Chicanx art. Great for you guys for bringing the show into Holland Project. I guess like the, the, the thing to ask is rattle off like your 10 favorite local Chicanx or Mexican artists you think we should follow on Instagram. We don't have enough. That's the thing is that we 10 is a little is a little high. And like during the show, we met a lot of people and they're like, hey, we're Hispanic and you're Hispanic, but I never knew about you. And I said the same thing to them. Are there any points about the show or any points that you like to make or wish I had asked you about? I just would like to see more local businesses just cater to an extensive demographic we have in town. I would like to see, I would like to recreate this show at Holland anywhere we go, whether it be like in Europe, it would be insane. Like our culture is even in Japan and there's low riders in Japan. And we were both lucky enough to visit Europe and we were in Paris and in Rome. What year? 2016? No. 18? 2018, I think. 2018. And I was like, wow, like, I feel like our food, our culture, our music would be so appreciated here. Just like we appreciate them here. I feel like they would appreciate us as well. And I would really like to take our culture everywhere and just create these shows and have people, you know, be a part of it. That's the main thing is I just want people to be a part of it. Anise and Sel, thanks so much for joining me. It's been great to hear about your work and your show. Good luck to you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to episode 19 of the Double Scoop podcast. The podcast is recorded at KWNK 97.7 FM, Reno's community radio station, where you'll hear local playlists and local voices all day long. Our sound engineer is Nico Wagner. Our theme music is a clip from the song Who Am I by Reno singer-songwriter Greg Gilmore. This is the last episode of Season 2, and I would like to extend a huge thank you to the Nevada Arts Council and the National Endowment for the Arts for helping to fund Season 2 with an American Rescue Plan grant for individual artists. These grants are still available. If you're a Nevada artist, performer, or writer with a project you'd like to fund, visit nevadaartscouncil.org and look for the American Rescue Plan grant. If your business or organization would like to sponsor Season 3 of the Double Scoop podcast and have your sponsor message included on our next eight episodes, you can contact me at chris at doublescoop.art. That's chris, K-R-I-S, at doublescoop.art. You can listen to the Double Scoop podcast on KWNK 97.7 FM in Reno, Sunday mornings at 8. You can also listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. I'm Chris Wagner. Thanks for listening.
You've been listening to episode 19 of the Double Scoop podcast. I've been talking with Anais Ramirez and Sal Barajas Alvarez. They are the leaders of the collective Savior Studios. They are the curators of the current show, Bienvenidos a Wells. Bienvenidos a la Wells. Is that it? Yeah. At the Holland Project.